Hey everybody, welcome to our podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Chelsea. And this is Camp Final Girls. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. Welcome to Camp Final Girls. You sound like you're about to fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Girl, we went on a hike today and I had to carry my puppy the whole way because she's a little bitch. But at least she's not too big. Like, can you imagine? I guess, but it was hurting my wrist because she's getting heavy already. Oh, like really heavy. I'm just like, and I would pull her and she like dig her nails into the ground it's nature you're an animal (laughs) no I like that yeah she might be like my cats if you don't take her out more like they won't go outside which yeah but cats aren't supposed to a lot of cats I know well yeah but they're outside not supposed to they're supposed to be indoor indoor animals well I don't know more than dogs I just know all the cats that I had in the past were outdoor cats, not my cats now, because I live by a train station, so that would not be good for my cats if they got out. Yeah, I mean, but your parents have outdoor cats, and they live by a busy road. Yeah, we did have cats die, because there's no speed bumps over there, and people just drive, like, super fast on that street. My brother got hit by a car on that street one time that's yeah it's pretty crazy so how was your week busy I just worked a lot and I'm tired and then my sister Morgan from Michigan came in with her boyfriend and her boyfriend's so funny (laughs) he reminds me of like the typical like um California like bra kind of dudes is he from California no, he's from Michigan. He's, oh. got, he's got like this interesting like um country accent. I told him that yesterday. He's like, I've never heard anybody say that about me. Like, <laughs> you hear your voice Why? coming out of your mouth. Well, usually people with accents don't realize that they have one. Yeah, but he says nobody's ever told him that before. Really? Oh, oh that's crazy. I don't know. Well, that's good. Um, At least you're visiting your sister. You probably haven't seen her in a long time. It's been four years, and it's just so crazy because she's so, like, she's a woman now. <laughs> like, she's got curves in all kinds of places where I'm like, girl, where did that appear? <laughs> like, where did that come from? It scares me because I'm like, oh, my gosh, the last time I saw her, she was still kind of, like, babyish, and then it just makes me think of my daughter and I feel like she's growing up so fast. Well, how do you think I feel? Me. My daughter shares my clothes and she's only 12. Gosh. <laughs> and she's like a couple inches taller than me. I was, st- I was standing in the kitchen and I'm like, what the heck? All my kids are taller than me now. Yeah, because you're like certified midget status, I think. <laughs> yeah, but Like still. you could probably get handicapped for it. <laughs> it's just weird because like, obviously I know I'm short, but like having my kids like, especially Nathan tower over me I'm just like dude like I can't even like I feel like I can't have authority over them anymore because there's well you're just it's just like my mom like it's like 
once you get bigger than her, it's just like, what are you going to do to me now? <laughs> Can't do nothing. And that's how my, my mom's so short too. So all of her kids are bigger than her, but yeah. I had a busy week too. Work was kind of off and on. Friday though was extremely busy. I felt like I was running around doing all kinds of things and I do like those days, but then I'm like super exhausted at the end of the day. So I don't know, but I don't know. It's weird. Cause I feel like when I was younger, those types of days would make the day go faster for me, but now they don't. So I'm like, not only am I super busy, but I'm also like the days dragging at the same time. Yeah, it was weird, but I think because, no, I don't think Friday was that kind of day for me. Like I've been having kind of waves of good days and bad days because of, you know, my emotional um, roller coaster of a life that I'm going through. Um, But yeah, yeah, Friday was not that type of day, but it was, I felt the same. Like I was busy, but it was going by really slow. But then as I was like, working with my coworkers, like we were just talking the whole time so it kind of went faster so that was nice um but on days that I'm working by myself and I'm busy I feel like those go by slower and I'm just like dude it's only been 30 minutes <laughs> yeah and you're just sitting there like doing like thinking about nothing yeah I'm just like come on break time come on lunch time come yeah. on <laughs> let the I day don't. be over I know I don't like working yeah, and I can't, I, hate it. I can't have my phone at work. So like if I have to deal with things, like I have to do it during my break time or after work. And usually I forget because I'm just so exhausted. And a lot of times on my lunch, everything's closed for lunch. And I'm just like, dude, I can't get anything done. I have to like oh, yeah. probably make a list of everything I have to do. Yeah, plan it ahead. Yeah, definitely. So let's get into this. And let's not talk about my boring life. I'm just kidding. Boring. <laughs> um, this is the story of the mysterious death of the boy in the box. I'm sure you've heard this story. I feel like I have, yeah. You probably have. It's a very yeah. popular story. And that's kind of why I chose it. Boy in the box. Hey, that's like when we did Hunter, Hunter Killer and she was in yeah. the box. Oh, yeah, that's true. Box. Yeah, but this one is extremely sad. It was a a very cold day in February in 1957 when a little boy was found at an illegal dumping ground near Bury Road in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He was inside a cardboard box. It was a box that originally came from JCPenney, and it housed a bassinet inside it prior to the boy being found in that. Oh, okay. The child was naked and wrapped in a blanket. He appeared to have also been beaten prior to his death with a few small cuts on his face. Wait, how old was he? I'm, I'm about to tell you. <laughs> so okay. his hair was freshly cut and his body had been recently washed, which was a little bit unusual. Um, mm-hmm. The boy was estimated to be between the ages of four and six. He seemed to be very malnourished and weighed mm-hmm. only 30 pounds and was three feet, three inches tall. There were also small scars found in several places of his body. There was one on his chest, around his groin, an L-shaped scar on his chin, and a round scar on his left elbow. 
another on his ankle that was believed to be made for a surgical procedure. He had head injuries that seemed to be the cause of his death with no witnesses. Wait, so who found him? I'm going to get into that too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So there were, they also found remnants of baked beans in his stomach. Uh, He had been immersed in water shortly before his death. His hands and feet were still wrinkly. The doctor, doctors examined that there was prolonged abuse and the x-ray determined his age to be between three and five. There was also evidence of arrested growth, which means the growth plate does not function normally and the bone stops. Malnourishment. Yeah, he was malnourished. And I think, I don't think, I think they couldn't really determine his age because of the malnourishment and the arrested growth. So like he didn't grow at a, you know, steady rate, like a normal, healthy child would. Uh, So my assumption, he's probably four because if he's very malnourished and he has arrested growth plates, then he's probably a bit older than they think he is. Yeah. His body was covered in bruises. His lips were dry and bloody. He was emaciated and his ribs were showing through his skin. There were also signs of an eye infection that was treated with medication prior to his death. There was a young man who was the first to find him, but he did not report it because of fear of getting his animal traps taken from him. And he did not want to get involved oh my God. because he probably thought that he would be a suspect. Um, well, then don't be so shady. <laughs> then you won't get accused of murder. What the fuck? Well, I mean, you can't really blame him. Like, can you imagine finding a yes, body? Yes, I can because I would go yourself? right away. Well, yeah, but like if you're by yourself, if I don't know who the fuck the child is, how are they going to tie me to them other than the fact that I you're found. still you're still going to be a suspect regardless. No. Yes. No. I'll tell you why. <laughs> you, no. Yes, I know. How I'm many cases though have you seen um, where somebody finds a dead body and they're never <laughs> a suspect? It's just a part of the story. This lady was hiking. She saw a dead body. Move on with the story. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway Sorry, I'm just tearing you apart. <laughs> because I know these things <laughs> it's not the truth <laughs> it usually happens though and no then, no <laughs> unless it's like why the fuck were you at this guy's basement in his house because it's your basement okay you found the body clearly it's you <laughs> like that no just some random person's like like those people who were dumpster it's it's probably usually men that they're gonna suspect like i don't think that's sexist (laughs) (laughs) well think about it if a woman finds a little kid like are they gonna suspect her or would they more likely suspect a man for doing something i mean anthony yeah but they didn't suspect her right away i think they did they just were trying to follow the lead she gave up oh maybe that's a possibility but that's that's a totally that's a totally oh story. God. Okay. <laughs> okay. So anyway, a few days later, a student named Frederick ben- Benonis, I think, Benonis. <laughs> discovered him, but did not report it to the police right away. He waited an entire day to report it, and he said, um, "I can't imagine finding a dead body in the woods or wherever and just been like." Well, guess that's somebody else's problem. <laughs> Just keep going. That'd well, he so he said that he came across the boy while he was chasing a rabbit 
Um, <laughs> what the hell? Why would they chasing a rabbit? Is he, what's, is he that guy from Looney Tunes? It's all here, no. But just wait till you hear what actually he was doing. That's so he true. said he thought it was a doll. So that's why he didn't report it until. I thought um, he was in a box. Yeah, he just thought. A, so he like, opened a box while looking. No, it was for already open. No, it was already open. Oh, it was an so open was, box. Are you yeah. in this box, rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's a doll i'm leaving yeah so he thought it was a doll that's why and um uh, there was a child that went missing in new jersey and that's when he contacted police to let them know that he had found a how body. could you see like uh if all the things that they explain about the way he his condition how could you see that and think it's a doll unless he really didn't look at it but i mean when you find out what he really was doing, you'll kind of see why he didn't really probably examine it, is my assumption. So investigators learned they actually thought he was a suspect, um, be, probably because he didn't contact the police right away. But what he really was doing was spying on girls at a nearby school. He wasn't chasing a rabbit. So Wait, so this was a random damp, dump site by a school? Yeah what what they didn't say like hey it smells like shit over there i have no idea <laughs> well it was it's cold supposed... it was cold so maybe they didn't really smell it the same like if you would during the summer or whatever like it was oh when did this happen in february it was really cold wait where what but where in philadelphia in west philadelphia on the place <laughs> I was oh trying to be God. like, where is that? Oh, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so due to extremely cold weather that time of year and the delay in the phone call, it was unlikely that they would be able to get the accurate time of death. In order to find out his identity, they kept him in the morgue while people came and tried to identify him from 10 different states. The police sent out 400,000 flyers around Philadelphia and all over the world, or not world, <laughs> all over the country <laughs> in hopes to finding somebody that may know this little boy. Like with a picture of him? Yes. Like his not. dead body? His face. His dead face? I mean, I think it was because the or picture- Or was it a it was reconstruction? In the, it, it was in the 50s, so the picture, it's hard to tell if it was- a picture of his face or a drawing of his, his face are you mean to you do you want me to send it to you <laughs> yes okay because maybe if i say i'm like bitch that's fake because you know how back in the old days they used to take like like you take pictures with your dead relatives they would like sit them up and make them look like they're still alive so you could take one last picture with them no <laughs> i have to send well, you the link because you know. i i couldn't i think that's the picture they sent are you sure? That's a recon re um construction. Yeah, that is the picture that they sent. Okay. Can you tell if it's like a picture of his body or like a drawing? The, the reconstruction? That's a reconstruction. No. Wait, you're not looking at the right one. That's the top that's the top picture. No, go all the way to the top. All the way to the top. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's real. So then that's his real face. That's the one they sent out in the newspaper? Yeah. His actual it? beaten face? I guess so. 
So they also sent a picture of his face and envelopes with their utility bills. Can you imagine getting your water bill or your electricity bill and having- And it's a picture of a dead boy or the reconstruction? that picture. The picture of his face. Yes, the picture of his face. (laughs) Are you sure it wasn't the reconstruction? No, because I'll show you. It's the flyer. But I'm so confused. Do you really think that they sent out a picture? Yes, look at the picture information wanted that's the picture they sent oh my gosh of him dead yes why would why the fuck would they do that because it's in the 50s they're stupid (laughs) i'm just kidding i don't know (laughs) god that's so weird i have no idea i don't know anywho (laughs) so yeah they sent all those flyers and it really didn't go anywhere so that was kind of unfortunate and a waste. Well, not a waste. I don't want to say it was a waste, but well, it wasn't. But it was weird because you're just spreading this image of this dead boy around. That's weird. Yeah, and they gave descriptions of him and everything. Yeah, but to show the actual pictures of a dead boy's face and head—that's weird. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they like did drawings of him too and sent those out too. But yeah, that was the flyer that they sent out. So it's pretty crazy. So the investigation began into this little boy and they started to search through the hospital for records using his foot and fingerprints. Nothing came up to prove that the boy ever existed. During their investigation, the reason they found out where the box came from was because it contained a serial number on it. And they found out it was a JCPenney 15 miles away and it was sold to 12 different people. Unfortunately, all the people who purchased the bassinets paid in cash. Only eight people, eight of the 12, contacted the police uh, after they read the story in the newspaper. Some of them said they still had the box or they threw it away in the trash. Uh, The box was also shipped to Upper Darby, Pennsylvania. Uh, They also looked into the blanket that the boy was- why? What? Like they were out of the 12, some of them were shipped there because they were ordered online. Um... There is no online. No internet. I was seeing if you would catch that. Wow. Shocked that you did. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, then how would they know where to ship it if somebody wants it? They're investigators. They can't shop online. What? They probably have <laughs> records, story. woman. Don't you think they had records? Yeah, but how would somebody be like, oh, that um that store that's 15 miles away has it because if they had it shipped to them then they know where to ship it to like what house to send it to yeah but how do they know that that specific store had them because of the serial number no the people ordering them i don't know woman (laughs) i'm not the store worker no the the customers Back in the 50s, if there was no internet, and you'd be like, I just have a feeling that the exact bassinet I want is in that store 15 miles Because away. they probably went into the store and said they want it delivered to their house. That's far. 15 miles? Yes, in no. the 1950s? Yes, it is. Well, I don't know, woman. Like, you're, you're asking, like, way too many questions that I don't know, and that has nothing to do with the case. <laughs> You just said, why? How? <laughs> I do. I swear. Anyway. So they also looked into the blanket that he was wrapped in 
and they ex it was examined by a textile institute in Philadelphia. They determined, I swear to God, if you ask more of this, I'm going to smack you. <laughs> no promises. Okay. They <laughs> determined it was made in either Granby, Quebec in Canada or Swanona, North Carolina. This was very hard to determine where exactly it came from since thousands were made and sold. So this was a dead end. So don't ask anything else. It was Wait, I thought you said that there were only 12 of 18. No, this was the blanket. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're still talking about this damn basement. I said, so they looked in. What kind of blanket was it? It was just a blanket, a baby, like a kid blanket, I guess. Did it have like a special design on it or something? I'm assuming they examined it and figured out where it came from, like where it was made. Oh, because there was like, way too Casey many. Anthony, it was Winnie the Pooh and Piglet. Well, they Never. didn't say it was Winnie the Pooh or anything <laughs> like that. But at least they knew where where it was made. But obviously, how? <laughs> oh God! I don't know. They're a textile institute. They examine it and they're experts. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Got it. Makes perfect sense. So there was also another clue that was found. It was a hat found 15 feet away from the box. It was a blue corduroy Ivy League style cap size seven and one eighth labeled Eagle Hat and Cap Company. They found- So he was naked, but he had a hat on? No, the hat was found 15 feet away from the box. So was a man's hat? Yes. So they're trying to figure out if the man was involved in this. So uh, but it was a dumping site. Yeah. So it could have been from the man that dumped him or just some random guy that lost his hat. I mean, they're, they're looking <laughs> for every clue. I mean, who knows? Like the stupid man losing his hat. I know. Can you imagine losing your hat and you're just like, shit, they have found a dead body there and like, they're going to think it's me. But, but, like, so, but it's a dumping ground. A lot of shit gets dumped there. It's illegal dumping ground, but yeah, true. Um, so they did find the lady that made it, and her name was Mrs. That made Anthony. the hat? Yeah, it was a special Dang. custom hat. Um, her name was Mrs. Hannah Robbins. She did remember the man who purchased it because it was custom. She said he was blonde between the ages of 26 and 30. He requested a leather buckle and strap to be added to the hat, but he paid in cash and she never saw him again. Oh, so was it a baseball cap? No, it was a, a blue corduroy Ivy League style cap. So I'm assuming like, like a, the Peaky Blinders. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. That's hot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they visited over a hundred stores, but no one could recognize the boy or the hat. So another dead end. Um, there was, a, I thought she said she knew who bought it. She did, but she never saw him again. She knew like, she could describe what the guy looked like, but she didn't know his name. He paid in cash and there was mm. no other, like, he, she never, he never came back to the store. So she couldn't trace his credit card. No. Um, <laughs> like, wait, did they, I don't think they had credit cards back then. <laughs> Actually, now that I think of it, everyone pay, had to have paid cash then, right? Yeah, because, or check, but oh, also okay. because credit cards I picture like in the 90s when they used to do that ching ching thing oh yeah mm -hmm. that was like as far back as credit cards I'm, going. I'm curious when they created credit cards 
we'll have to maybe that would be important. one of our hey our fun fact episode <laughs> maybe that it's could be one that of that fun it is kind of <laughs> <laughs> okay so there was a forensic artist named frank bender that got involved in the case and he suggested that the boy was being raised as a girl due to his hair being cut and long strands of hair found in the box with him uh bill kelly was originally the investigator on the case and he recounts in 1957 and 1958, a West Coast artist did circulate a rendition of the child as a girl, but this wouldn't lead to anything either. According to Frank, the reason someone cut the child's hair around the time of his death was to hide the fact he was being raised as a girl. Keep this part in mind because it'll come in later and some of it might make it's sense a little raised bit. raised as a girl? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. So pictures were taken of the boy and his eyebrows were plucked before or after his death, this would indicate the boy's appearance was altered to make him look more feminine. Frank drew a sketch of what he thought the boy would look like with long hair and bangs in an effort to help identify the child if someone had tried to misrepresent his gender. On October... Oh, weird. Yeah. It's because somebody lost their little girl and wanted to replace her. There could be another reason behind it, but I'll kind of like, once we get into that part of it, I'll explain my theory on why they would make him look like a girl. Um, but they were trying to hide him from an abusive. No, Mm -mm. it's much worse. So on October, I have heard the story. I just don't remember. No. Yeah. But I'm telling you my theory of what happened. Like why he was disguised as a girl if that's really what happened like if they were trying to disguise him as a girl (laughs) on october 31st 1955 not long after, yeah (laughs) not, not long after this boy was discovered an unknown perp had abducted a two year old boy named stephen craig damnit dam damon i'm probably saying this wrong damon i don't know (laughs) he was blonde with blue eyes and he was taken from a grocery store in east meadow new york people did question if this boy was him or not because of their similar ages and physical characteristics while following this lead they learned that steven had broken his arm prior to his disappearance and the boy in the box did not suffer the same fracture their fingerprints also did not match uh, so they excluded steven from being the boy but In 2003, law enforcement did compare DNA taken from the boy in the box with biological evidence collected from Damon's sister, and they determined there was no link between the two children. So that was absolved, like, around then. Okay. In 1961, investigators decided to question Kenneth Dudley and his wife, Irene, to determine if the boy had been one of their 10 children. Mr. Dudley was a traveling carnival worker. The family traveled while he oh my gosh, lived. that's what I want to do. Yes. <laughs> Except don't, <laughs> don't do what these that. people did. Okay. Yeah. So the family traveled while he was looking for work, and the Dudleys came to the attention of the police because one of their children, seven-year-old Carol Ann, died from neglect, malnourishment, and exposure. They did not properly bury her, they instead wrapped her in a blanket and placed her in a wooded area in Virginia. 
Police also learned that seven... Just that one child was malnourished? All of them were? Seven of their ten children had died as a result of malnourishment, neglect, and none of them were received proper burials. Which caused the investigators to oh God, suspect. That's so horrible. I know. So I'm sure the other ones that are still alive were probably being malnourished and neglected too. Oh my gosh, that'd be like a sounds like a horrible uh, horror movie. I know, right? Um, but they determined that the boy was not one of their children after questioning them um, because they were researching like their traveling, where they were, and everything, and it just didn't add up. So they weren't around that area at the time of the boy's death mm-hmm. so they weren't connected um fingerprint expert bill kelly had a theory that the boy may have Wait, come... so did that the couple just not get in trouble for killing a lot of their kids they never said anything about them after that they just mm-hmm. said that i wonder they... if that's actually another story somewhere out there maybe maybe it's something we can look at but and there might not be anything really like intense yeah. Just might be like a super short story or something. True, true. But it could be something we look into and tell our listeners later on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So fingerprint expert Bill Kelly had a theory that the boy may have come from a Hungarian refugee in the 1950s. This came uh, while he was looking through a newspaper article published in 1956 about people that relocated into the U.S. from Hungary a picture was taken of the refugees in an article, and one of them looked very similar to the boy. Since there was no record of his existence due to being an immigrant, the police were unable to identify him. Bill was eventually able to track the boy down um, in the photo, and he learned he was alive and well and with his family in North Carolina. Mm. So another dead end. Yeah. So a few other theories came out of what happened to this boy. The first was from authors Lou Romano and Jim Huffman. Hoffman. This would come <laughs> across a lead from a man from Philadelphia who said his family once rented a place to a man who sold his son. A forensic pathologist looked at the photo of the boy's potential father and brother and would agree that similarities would warrant some further testing. There were similarities in the face structure, the helix of the right ear, and the nose. A DNA sample was taken from the brother, but investigators did not say if they would be testing or not. Wait, they but, said they would investigate further, but nothing came of it. Wait, but um, he sold his son and they just let him go? I guess sold so. his son for what? For money. For sex? For money. He sold his son for money. That will also come up in a different part of it, too, which is kind of crazy. I don't know if they're both connected or not, but it seems kind of strange, like, how it all happened, but it could be connected. I mean, it, this this whole story is really crazy. Well, it seems really like what you're, what you're doing is telling me the story about this one kid where horrible shit, like, happened to him, but then, like, the whole time you're like, and these people were also doing horrible <laughs> shit, but let, let's just forget about them. Let's just forget about them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's weird. No, but a part of that comes into play again and but they don't mention him but my thought and like I've heard other people's theories on it that it could be he could be connected but it just nothing came of it after that um a second theory came from a medical examiner Remington Bristow who investigated the case for over 36 years 
He gathered newspaper clippings of the boy and spent thousands of dollars of his own money and many hours trying to identify this boy. He traveled to Arizona and Texas for leads. He even consulted a psychic who helped, uh, she held staples and she was able to give him some clues um, to find, like to look for. Um, he carried a mask of the boy's face in his briefcase. That doesn't and, help shit because it's like, I would see that and I wouldn't recognize it. Mm-mm. Plus that's kind of strange. Like you're like carrying a mask. Like, I, I don't know. But I mean, that was good of him too. It was Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, probably not around this time. That was a different part of it, girl. <laughs> Keep up with it. <laughs> sure. Um, his theory was the boy had died accidentally. According to him, his hair was freshly cut and his nails indicated he was well taken care of, which to me doesn't make sense because he was malnourished. So why? And he had a bunch of bruises and shit. Yeah. So I don't know. So why like keep his hair looking nice and his nails, but then beat the shit out of him? Like, it's just kind of crazy. It doesn't make sense. So he said the possibly his family did not come forward due to the fact that they may receive repercussions and be charged with murder. Based on the clue he got from a psychic, he looked into a foster family near where the boy was found. The family was interviewed by the police already um, at their 1961 estate sale. He had found the bassinet. He said he also saw blankets that looked similar that were drawing on a clothesline. Um, that the boy was wrapped in. He said his theory would be that he was the illegitimate child of the daughter of the foster family and was abandoned by the daughter so she would not be revealed as a single mother. Unfortunately, Remington passed away in 1993 and was not able to finish his research. Not long after, a Philadelphia detective by the name of Tom Augustine took up where Remington left off. February 23rd, 1998, He went to the home of Arthur Nicoletti, who was the man who led the former foster home, and his wife, Anne-Marie, was the woman that Remington was looking into as being the mother. Mm -hmm. A strange thing is that his wife was originally his stepdaughter. So, yeah, there's that. That that sometimes happens. Yeah. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Anne-Marie told Tom that she did not have a son, or sorry. Anne-Marie told Tom that she did have a son that passed away by electrocution from a nickel ride outside of a store with my god yeah which um morgue records supported her statement so he wasn't the boy Remington also thought that the boy may have drowned in the lake even though he had multiple head injuries because his hands and feet were wrinkled showing he was in water for an extended amount of time and there wasn't water where he was found no so how it rained possibly i mean they don't know exactly how long he was out there and they couldn't yeah but usually when skin wrinkles it doesn't wrinkle for that long Mm. unless you die i don't know yeah i mean they couldn't really determine his time of death so it was kind of tough for that but they knew that he was in water at some point because he was had wrinkles Mm. from that um Although investigators were unable to determine whether or not he was in water before or after, they did rule his death, blunt force trauma, and not drowning. 
The medical examiner did find that the child had small clumps of hair from his head stuck to his body, supporting the doctor's belief that the boy had been wet around the time of his death. The third theory is from a woman named Martha. She was a psychiatric patient and a psychiatrist from Cincinnati contacted Tom in February 2002. She said one of her patients insisted on speaking with the police. She claimed when she was 11 years old, her mother had taken her to a house and she handed an envelope over for a boy. She also claimed she was sexually abused by her mother and the mother wanted to do the same thing to the boy. Her mother had bought the boy in 1954 and she said his name was Jonathan. She also claimed that the boy had been sexually and physically abused during the two and a half years he was with the family, uh, which eventually would come to an end um, after dinner one night. The boy had vomited the baked beans that they were having for dinner and the mother was very angry and flew in a rage. She had beaten the boy, slammed his head into the door until he was unconscious. She said her mother then gave him a bath where he died. Wait, where? Where did they get this boy? In Philadelphia. I know, but from where? An orphanage? No, she bought a boy. From who? They didn't say. She just said she handed over an envelope for the boy. So remember when I said the man said he sold his son so mm -hmm. I'm thinking that's probably what happened he sold his son to this lady but nothing ever came of the guy so weird yeah so um after she beat him and she he basically died in the bathtub when she was trying to bathe him Mm -hmm. To conceal the boy's identity, the mother cut his long hair and forced Martha to help her dispose of his body in the Fox Chase area in Philadelphia. Martha spoke not only with Tom, but another investigator by the name of Joseph McGillan and William Kelly. Joseph and William were one of the first detectives on the case. All of these detectives were, were convinced by her story. According to Bill Fleshner, a retired FBI agent, details of her story all add up, and the testimonies, addresses, descriptions is a strong theory. Even with this lead, the police were still unable to identify that the boy who Martha was claiming he was. To, he was. Um, a confidential account was later given by a male witness in 1957 that allegedly verifies Martha's story. Police tried to verify Martha's story but the neighbors who lived next door to her and her family did, didn't recall ever seeing the boy there and told police that Martha had a history of mental illness, which then was verified by medical reports. No further investigation into the family occurred after that. Huh. Spared. Yeah. So, Wait, so was the baked beans like out in the public? Was that something that everybody knew? I don't think so. I wouldn't think they would release that. You would think not to help make sure it's true or not, but then I mean, this, this woman girl... literally described everything that happened, and I don't think the police are going to say, "Oh yeah, all of this happened," like and give it to the world to be like. Well, then why would they just be like look at it first? They could be like, "Nah, didn't happen." Because she's in a mental facility, so, so she probably no one she, said that, that they saw a boy. Any sense? They, yeah, I, they just couldn't figure it out. I guess. Which is but she crazy. had news or she had um, information about it that the public didn't. 
I really think this is my assumption of what happened. This man sold his son to Martha's mom. Martha raised the boy as a girl because Martha's mother was already abusing her daughter. Her daughter was getting older, so she probably wanted somebody younger to abuse and made the little boy look like a girl because she wanted to abuse a girl. You know what I mean? That's my assumption why originally they thought that he was raised as a girl. Uh, I don't think that's true. I think that she just um, let his hair grow out and shit because she didn't care about him. And then when he died, she probably tried to. Yeah, but if if he had medication in his eye because an eye infection, obviously she cared enough to do that. No. No. Uh. Uh. And why would she do that? Why would she? Maybe Martha did that. I don't know. I don't know. All of it just was weird to me. I that was just my assumption that. She raised him as a girl because she liked sexually abusing girls. I don't know. Like, that's just my thought on it. But I definitely think the man did sell his son to her. It's just sad that they weren't able to corroborate any of that. Like, to but where was the boy's out. mother? They never <laughs> even mentioned her at all. Maybe she died or something. Possibly. Maybe that's why the dad tried to sell him because he didn't have anyone to take care of them so that's it um so in 2016 two writers contacted police investigators to request the boy's dna so it can be compared to someone in memphis tennessee the family believed the boy could be a relative of theirs but unfortunately in december 2017 the results showed that there was no connection between the two To this day, the boy's identity is still unknown, and his grave is marked as America's unknown child with a small inscription saying, Heavenly Father, bless this unknown boy at the Ivy Hill Cemetery in Philadelphia. The grave is always surrounded by flowers, stuffed toys placed by locals and anyone that has heard his story. So yeah, that's it. Like the boy has never been his identity has never been found and i just can't imagine i mean i know it's a different day and age but i can't imagine like killing a child and then just being like well somebody will find him because they didn't dump him that well mm-hmm. and then nobody ever comes. i mean they dumped him like, in an area that's like probably a lot of people go there because it's an illegal dumping ground so i'm assuming a bunch of people have gone there before and like i don't know like this just story is really crazy and it's so sad because you can kind of see the pieces that sound like that's the story but nothing came of it so it's kind of like sad because to me I feel like that's Mm -hmm. what happened he had baked beans in his stomach how could this girl know that he vomited baked beans like and had that in his stomach like if you know like I just don't feel like the police are gonna tell the world like oh no I wouldn't know did they uh I don't know because now the world knows so obviously they released it eventually probably not probably definitely because you got that information well no I mean when she told the story I mean she was in a psychiatric place so I wouldn't think she had the like had access to that and know all that well they probably would sit there listening to the radio and they would explain all that? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they'd I be know. like, a boy was found in the woods and he was beaten and had big beans in his stomach. I mean, I guess. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I wonder if that was a thing because if it, what, if it 
if they didn't release that then they definitely should have looked into her more Mm -hmm. but it sounds like i don't know (laughs) i just don't know yeah i i mean i don't know much about why they didn't look further other than maybe just other people's accounts because they said they didn't see him there but she could have been hiding him because she didn't want people to know that she bought a boy like randomly brings home some boy like well yeah and not only that but she also was um was uh wait what <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what I, I don't remember what I was gonna say you lost your train of thought it was totally important too well just think about it okay. this person is hiding like a kid or doing like doing stuff like beating this kid why would they have him out in the open so neighbors can see him Oh, no, even, even like families who have one kid that they abuse or whatever, they always like the world knows that they exist, but doesn't mean that they show them off. Unless this boy was like already at a certain age and he comes out of nowhere. Like, they'll be like, where did this boy come from? No, I I know. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I believe that they would hide. (laughs) You believe that they would hide him? Yeah. Yeah. Because why wouldn't they? Exactly. So, I mean... It kind of sucks that they don't quite believe her. I mean, they believed her, but obviously not to the point where they're like, okay, this is the boy. Like, that's him. You know? And I wonder uh, okay. if they actually took that kid's DNA and tested the potential brother. Like, I wonder if they ever did that. There was no information. Well, plus, was DNA even a big thing back then? Um... I don't know when they co- they collected the brother's DNA. It didn't say when they collected that, but I know they collected his DNA and were they checked. Remember the the other boy? They checked his DNA, and they they didn't matter. I know, but that long ago, I thought DNA only became a thing like recently, like in the eighties or nineties, nineties, early two thousands. I just don't know why they wouldn't check the father's DNA against him. Like, why would they check the brother unless they waited too long and the dad was dead? You know what I mean? Like, it, they just said Well, that that's they, my point, is, like, was DNA even a thing? Did they, did they like, when they it? asked for it? Maybe not. Like, a you lot know of how, times... You know how, like, back then, like, I, I think I saw a story or something. The DNA was based on certain marks, but it wasn't until a certain time where you can actually match this is the person back then it was like oh well it matches similar you know what i mean well technically it's still the same no 99.99 percent yeah but back then i don't think the dna was at it as advanced so i don't think it was at all yeah so that's probably why they couldn't or didn't want to i don't know like i really don't you said they did that's what i was confused about no they they, though like when they against the oh the other people that i i don't think they did they said they collected it and they would investigate further, but they never said if they actually tested his DNA against him. Well, why didn't there was they no ask? information. I don't know. I have That's no weird. idea. There was no information on that. And I was kind of curious about that too. I was like, why wouldn't they believe this guy? He's like, yeah, I sold my son. And like, why wouldn't I investigate it? Unless they were just like, no, this is too weird. You know, I don't know. It's just so crazy that you could just get away with selling your kids. (laughs) I know, right? Like that's a crime these days. You can't just sell your kids. 
Why not? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Crime. Yeah. yeah, like this whole story, I felt like had so many holes and were just like, just everywhere. I was just, I don't know. It's just so sad. Like this poor boy, like nobody knows who he is. I know. I, if I could have one superpower, my superpower would be able to solve all unsolved cases. Just be like, mm-hmm. look at the facts and be like, oh, this is what happened yeah exactly right that would be so cool that would be an awesome superpower especially for like children like to figure out what happened to them you know there's so many there's so many murders of children that have happened and they are unsolved like it's it's really sad so that would be my superpower if i could have one yeah for solve unsolved cases unsolved mysteries that would be awesome to be able to do that it would be so satisfaction satisfactory to make sure that justice is done. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for the story that just gave me. I, I have heard it before, actually. I remember hearing about it, but um, I always like unsolved cases just give me anxiety because it's like, okay, so this just happened and we're never gonna know. Cool. Especially you since know. it happened so long ago, and at this point, like all the people involved are. I mean, they're probably some are still alive, but it's just like no one's come forward. And I just don't think that unfortunately this will ever get solved because I feel like it was in a way, but they just didn't get all the pieces, the right pieces together, you know? Well, and then plus who are they going to press charges on now? Because I'm sure everybody involved is dead. Yeah, like the adults probably. Yep, pretty crazy. Crazy, crazy. Well, thanks everyone for listening to Thank another you. unsolved crime. <laughs> I just go have anxiety about it now. Yes. Good night, right, everyone. Well, good night. Have a wonderful evening or day whenever you listen. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.